Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Good morning, friends and faithful listeners. You've tuned into the P40 Ministries podcast with your host, Jen, and happy Friday. Hope you guys have had a fantastic weekend this weekend and that you're ready to study the Bible with me this morning and ready to talk about this uh, sin offering here. And I hope the episode that I did on Wednesday, if you guys had a chance to listen to it, helped you a little bit in understanding the difference between all of these different offerings. Because one that often gets confused is the original burnt offering from Leviticus 1 and then the sin offering that we're going to talk about today. But they are two completely different offerings. The burnt offering in Leviticus 1 was first and foremost a free will offering, which meant that you could bring it when you wanted to. And it was an offering of complete devotion to God, basically showing through action that uh, you are devoted completely to God. A lot of the Old Testament, I'm realizing, has a lot more to do with action being symbolic than the New Testament does. The New Testament focuses a lot more inwardly than the Old Testament does. And I truly believe that's because the Old Testament, people just got it wrong. (laughs) Because it does talk a lot about the heart. The Old Testament is always talking about the heart, but because there is so much action involved... People got so focused on the action of the Old Testament that they were unable to see what that meant for their own hearts. And so the New Testament basically kind of fulfills the Old Testament in a sense by showing that the Old Testament really had everything to do with the heart, not so much the action of stuff, but the action was symbolically showing where that person's heart was. So let's talk about Leviticus chapter 4 today, verses 1 through 12. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version. Grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea, and let's go ahead and read. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If anyone sins unintentionally in any of the things which Yahweh has commanded not to be done, and does any one of them, if the anointed priest sins, so as to bring guilt on the people, then let him offer for his sin, which he has sinned, a young bull without defect to Yahweh for a sin offering. He shall bring the bull to the door of the tent of meeting before Yahweh, and he shall lay his hand on the head of the bull and kill the bull before Yahweh. The anointed priest shall take some of the blood of the bull and bring it into the tent of meeting. The priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle some of the blood seven times before Yahweh, before the veil of the sanctuary. The priest shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of sweet incense before Yahweh, which is in the tent of meeting, and he shall pour out the rest of the blood of the bull at the base of the altar of burnt offering, which is at the door of the tent of meeting. He shall take all the fat of the bull of the sin offering from it, the fat that covers the innards, and the fat that is on the innards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is on them, which is by the loins, and the cover on the liver, with the kidneys he shall remove, as it is removed from the bull of the sacrifice of the peace offerings. 
The priest shall burn them on the altar of burnt offering, and he shall carry the bull's skin, all its meat, with its head, and with its legs, and its innards, and its dung, all the rest of the bull, outside of the camp, to a clean place where the ashes are poured out, and burn it on wood with fire, and it shall be burned where the ashes are poured out. So this is a different kind of sacrifice. This is a mandatory sacrifice. This is not a free will offering. I talked a little bit about the difference between offering and sacrifice on Wednesday. Offering was free will. You could offer something that you had to God. It was not mandatory, but a sacrifice was something that was mandatory. And this right here in Leviticus 4 is talking about a mandatory offering that an anointed priest had to do if that priest sinned. And the interesting thing about this is God expected the priests to sin. He did not expect them to be perfect. They were human beings, the same as anybody else. And God was taking measures for when that priest sinned. And when that priest sinned, the only way they could be forgiven was through the blood of a bull. We find out later on that the blood is actually the life of the animal. God talks about that a handful of times. In fact, we encountered that in Genesis. I think it was right after Noah got off the ark when God said, don't drink blood because it is the life of the animal. So we find out in scripture that the blood is the life of the animal. So the blood being sprinkled around the altar and being poured out was symbolism of the life of that animal being poured out for the sin of that human being, or in this case, the anointed priest. And the anointed priest would have to flick the blood seven times in front of the, let's see, in front of the veil of the sanctuary is what it says in verse six. He had to sprinkle some before the veil of the sanctuary. One time for every day of the week. <laughs> I don't really know what the symbolism of the seven times is. We see the number seven popping up all the time in scripture. God really liked the number seven. So for some reason, the priest had to flick the blood seven times in front of the veil of the ten of meeting. And the veil was actually where God's presence was behind. So God's presence was sitting on the Ark of the Covenant Behind that veil, the veil was very thick, so it was covering God's glory from the priests and not being exposed so greatly to God's glory, especially when this priest had sinned, you know, because we, we see that when a person sins, they are unable to come near God's glory. In order to really come near God's glory, for example, with Moses, Moses was able to experience God's glory at that time because uh, he had not sinned. And he was able to walk up the mountain and um, experience God's glory. But when the people sinned so greatly with the, with the golden calf, when the people started sinning and worshiping another god and having sex in front of this golden calf, God's presence removed was removed from the camp of Israel. And that's when they became very humble and wanted God's presence back. So humans who sin cannot be near God. It's just not possible because God is so perfect. He's so glorious that our sin will cause us to practically die in his presence. But anyway, the priest would be veiled away from God's presence, but he would flick the blood onto that veil seven times. And that life of that animal would almost purify the priest in a way. And God would see the blood. And I think that there was a verse that said that when 
uh, he saw the blood on even the priest's garments, that he would see the blood and remember that they are forgiven through the death of that animal. We've talked a little bit about why death has to happen because of sin. It's just the nature of stuff. It's what people understand. You know, death came into the world when sin happened in the Garden of Eden. Immediately death happened because the animals had to be killed in order to provide clothing for Adam and Eve. And through their sin, death happened and continued to happen as people began to die. And then uh, through death comes the forgiveness of sins. That's what it says in the Bible, that the wages of sin is death. That literally means that sin costs us death. That is the price of sin. So in order to pay for that, sin to be forgiven, we have to have somebody either die in our place or we die or an animal dies in the Old Testament case. But because God loved us so much, he didn't want us to die in our sins. And so Jesus came and died for us voluntarily and died for us so that we didn't have to die in our sin. And so then when we accept Jesus, who is the perfect picture of a complete and perfect sacrifice for our sins, when we accept him and accept what he has done for us and believe that he rose again and conquered death for us, that means that, um, you know, we will now have eternal life with Jesus. That doesn't mean that death completely was erased. We still die to this day, but that's the consequences of sin. But now we aren't going to die in our sin and pay that penalty because Jesus paid that for us. Now we can go to heaven and live in comfort for eternity, basically. So that was the point of the bull, though, being sacrificed for the priest's sin. When the priest eventually sinned, he would have to take the life of that animal put his sin on that animal. So before the animal died, the priest had to lay his hands on that animal, put his sin symbolically onto the animal, and then kill the animal in front of the tent of meeting. And then the blood, the life of that animal would be poured out on the altar. And that would be symbolically forgiving this priest's sin. And then a little bit of that blood would be flicked on the veil where God was and would show God you know, this is the priest that is being forgiven, basically, through the life of this animal. And then part of this sacrifice would have to be taken out of the camp and burned. This is extremely symbolic. Because if we think about Jesus being our sin sacrifice for us, the way this bull was in Leviticus chapter 4, Jesus was taken outside of the city gates. He was taken outside and sacrificed. It's so symbolic of Jesus being that sin sacrifice for us. So it says here in Leviticus 4.11 that the priest shall carry the bull's skin, all of its meat with its head and with its legs and its innards and its dung and all the rest of the bull outside of the camp to a clean place where the ashes are poured out and burn it on wood with fire. This is symbolic of the separation of sin from the camp. So part of this animal, the fat and the innards, which God always required to be burned on the altar, I think, for the most part, that part would be burned on the altar in the camp and then 
another portion of it, the sin portion of it, would be taken away from the camp. Literally showing through action that sin was being taken away from that camp. And then it would be burned there outside of the camp. One last thing I want to mention is that this is the one offering that God says does not have a pleasant aroma. We saw that the first three offerings, which were free will offerings, had a pleasant aroma to God because the first three voluntary offerings were from our hearts wanting to give back to God. So those were a fragrant aroma to God because of where the people's hearts were of wanting to bring thanksgiving to God and peace offerings to God and just sacrificial offerings to God where we're just giving him our all. Those had a pleasant aroma to God because of where the people's hearts were. But this one, this sin offering did not have a pleasant aroma to God because the heart at this point was corrupt. It was still full of sin. So this had to happen so that this person could be forgiven and then at that point, once the person was forgiven, they could bring their peace offerings again and that would have a pleasant aroma to God. Where it went wrong was people just did not have the right heart while doing all of this, which is what we see in Jeremiah and many of the other prophets where uh, I think Malachi is a big one for how people were just bringing God all these different animals like, here, this is for you, God, you know, for whatever sin I just did without having that intense like emotional reaction towards the sin and bringing this animal to God so that they could be truly forgiven. It was more like a way for them to just continue sinning and, oh, I'm on God's good side now because I brought this animal for him. But God says later on that he detested all of the sacrifices, not just the sin sacrifices, but he detested every offering that the people were bringing because they were so corrupt in their hearts. They were so full of sin. They weren't understanding the meaning of sacrifices. They got it all wrong. And God said that it was appalling to him when people brought him sacrifices. And it didn't matter what sacrifice it was. It didn't matter. God was appalled at them because the people's hearts were wrong. But I believe that the premise here of Leviticus 4, at least this first part, is that God knew people were going to sin. He expected that. He expected even the priests to sin. He didn't hold them to a perfect standard. And he was very gracious when they did sin. But he wanted them to have this heart of wanting forgiveness, wanting to come back to God, wanting to turn away, basically repent. Repent means to turn away from uh, sin, whatever they had done wrong, and to really sacrifice this animal as a way to truly have this forgiveness that they wanted back from God and to have that connection again with God. Friends and faithful listeners, this was Leviticus chapter 4 verses 1 through 12. And you know, I have a, a new shirt in the t-shirt shop and it is the P40 Ministries podcast t-shirt and I got one for myself recently and I have to say it's really nice I really like it so I definitely recommend going and checking it out for yourself I'm going to drop a link for it in the bio this podcast episode and don't forget to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel I will also drop a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode friends and faithful listeners have a fantastic rest of your day happy listening and God bless God bless